Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. There is a story that many of us are missing in the world right now because we are preoccupied and distracted by the uh, antics, the deeds, the misdirections, the challenges of the Trump administration. It's natural that we'd pay attention to what's going on with the Trump administration. It's new. It's attempting some dramatic things. It fills the news uh, cycles. And it's certainly understandable that we would be paying attention to that. But while that's going on, and while we're all preoccupied with it, something pretty amazing is happening in the world. And that is that, first of all, our enemy of many years, the the organization that has struck terror into the hearts of many uh, people in the West, is actually almost defeated. I'll come back to that in just a minute. And also, there is a new nation that has the potential to be born in the world. And Americans are paying almost no attention to it, at least at the street level. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we were fearing ISIS most of all. The war on terror filled our headlines, and we were most concerned about that, perhaps of anything in the world except our presidential election. We learned who the Kurds were. We learned who the Peshmerga were. We were proud of them. We were disgusted to find how the Iraqi army fled the field in the face of ISIS. We were disgusted as we watched people being beheaded, as we watched a Jordanian pilot being set on fire in a cage, as we learned of the beheadings of Christians and the killing of Yazidis and what have you. But now things have changed dramatically. According to a recent report by Major General Rupert Jones, who's the deputy commander of the Combined Joint Task Force of our coalition in Iraq uh, and in that part of the world, more than 45,000 ISIS members have been killed. Uh, That's pretty huge because ISIS was, frankly, never considered to be that much larger. There were actually estimates in the West that said it wasn't much larger than 45,000. So even if you shoot up to 60, 75,000, to have 45,000 of them killed is pretty amazing. And those are fairly verified uh, kills. Uh, Also, uh, the two main strongholds of ISIS, Raqqa in Syria and Mosul in Iraq, are largely or entirely liberated. It's only a matter of time now says General Jones, that before ISIS is completely destroyed. And he puts it at about six months. So sometime in July, probably, maybe August, uh, and by the way, this was a, an estimate at the beginning of March, so let's let's give him a little grace there. Um, let's say late July, early August, uh, we should see the complete eradication of ISIS. Now, of course, that war will continue. Uh, it will just not be as territorial. You'll already, we know that ISIS is urging its followers to blend back into Western societies and prepare for terrorist actions. That's going to be our greater challenge because we're not as good at that. But the big event that is happening that is potential is not just the defeat of ISIS. It is the fact that with the defeat of ISIS and the magnificent performance of the Kurdish Peshmerga uh, and the fact that the KRG, the Kurdish regional government in northern Iraq, has performed so amazingly during this time and become such a haven for so many Christians and uh, Yazidis and others who are 
uh, fleeing ISIS, uh, there is now a serious discussion happening uh, about an independent Kurdistan, and it is long overdue. If you listen to this podcast uh, on a regular basis, you know that I tell you often that there are somewhere between 30 and 35 million Kurds in the world. They are the largest people group on the planet without their own homeland. Uh, they have been promised their own homeland many times in history, most notably just after World War One, when European and even with some American collusion, uh, there were treaties that undermined mind their their autonomy. Uh, President Wilson's 14 points included a commitment of self-determination for all people groups in the world. The Kurds were specifically mentioned. This was the intention with which many people went into the war. But at the end of the war, uh, the Sykes-Picot Treaty and some other sort of underhanded, under-the-table uh, sort of agreements betrayed the Kurds. Uh, it happened again in the 60s at the with the Algiers Accord with the collusion of Henry Kissinger. Uh, it's happened time and time again, and yes, with American collusion, even though we are perhaps the best allies the Kurds have. So now comes a grand moment. ISIS is being driven back. The Peshmerga have proven themselves mighty. Uh, The U.S. has begun to work directly with the Peshmerga, something that the Obama administration was hesitant to do. Um, The KRG, the Kurdish regional government in northern Iraq, has performed brilliantly. Madame Bayan, one of my, uh, one of the people I deeply admire, Madame Bayan Sami Abdul Rahman, uh, who is the KRG's representative in Washington, D.C., has done a great job representing uh, the KRG and, and the Kurdish cause in the West, travels a great deal, speaks a great deal, is a really admirable lady uh, whom I've spent some time with. And um, there are really promising possibilities for the rise of a Kurdish nation. This would be huge. In the belly of the Middle East, you would have a people who are uh, 97% Muslim, but moderate Muslim, very important as uh, Islamic radicalism continues to rise. Uh, the Kurds, as I've told you, I think many times in this podcast, uh, are tend to be more moderate. They have been the victims of Islamic extremism and of fatwas repeatedly against their freedoms. Um, we we find in them, uh, especially those in the KRG, we find them to be moderate. We find them to be very welcoming of other religions. I've said before that there is an actual Christian department in the KRG and the Kurdish regional government. Pretty amazing, again, for people who are 97% uh, Muslim. I've sat there in the, in the, with the KRG officials. I've uh, sat in that Christian department. I've met with the minister who's in charge of the Christian department. There's also a Yazidi department. Um, many Kurds are uh, pro-Israel. Uh, they are at least positively turned towards the Jews because many Kurds are Jews given their unique history. Um, and so you have a very unique people and now their time has come. Now the moment would seem to be upon us at which a nation is possible. The problem is that it's not going to happen without the strong support of the United States. And we tend to be preoccupied with what's going on in Washington, D.C. and with the Trump administration. So I want to strongly sound the alarm that we cannot miss the possibility now, this grand moment, this opportune moment for a Kurdish nation that is long overdue in human history because we are distracted with more immediate issues. They are part of the solution to the war on terror. They are due. They are a needed buffer in the Middle East. They are a needed uh, people in the Middle East. They are, uh, by any measure of honor, owed 
uh, an independent nation. And I think that may very well be upon us, but we cannot be distracted. So I strongly urge that uh, those who are listening, I know I have a lot of congressmen, senators who listen to this uh, in the U.S., uh, please make sure that our intelligence committees are paying attention, not just to investigations of uh, Russia and the links to the Trump administration, but also to what is happening amongst the Kurds. President Marsou Barzani of the KRG uh, has recently called for a referendum on independence. Um, That's gaining steam. Uh, There are lots of people advocating for this, and uh, we must support it. We must not be uh, distracted, and our intelligence committees need to be paying attention. Congress needs to be paying attention. Codels need to be happening, and uh, this thing needs to be supported. I want to also say to my Kurdish friends that the greatest problem for the Kurds is not so much its surrounding enemies, is not so much the nations that surround what the Kurds would like to have as the uh, land of a independent Kurdistan, but rather the infighting. And this has always been the issue. There was infighting that took place at the end of World War I that caused the European powers, uh, arrogantly and erroneously, yes, but to look at the Kurdish tribes and say, these people are not ready for independence. It happened again around the time of the fall of uh, Saddam Hussein, or at least when Saddam Hussein was initially uh, backed off and there was a no-fly zone uh, in the northern part of Iraq and some other areas. Uh, you, you, you had a tremendous opportunity, and instead we had a civil war between the two leading political parties in, in the uh, Kurdish region. It was destructive. Many people died. And, of course, it caused the West to look at the Kurds and say, well, these people are a warring, you know, rather, rather unsophisticated tribal people, and they're not ready for independence. I, I, of course, disagree. I think the Kurds are ready for independence, but I want to say to my Kurdish friends who are listening to this that it's time for a unity movement. It's time for the parties to come together. It's time for free elections in the KRG. It's time for a younger generation to have a voice and have position. Uh, it's time for the two old lions, uh, Mr. Masoud Barzani and the Talibanis, I know that Mr. Talibani, you know, Mr. Talibani is not in good health, um, but still the Talibanis and the Barzanis are, have tensions between them. Um, and these kind of old lion parties are uh, dominating the scene. It's time for the tensions to stop. It's time for a unity movement. It's time for corruption to stop. It's time for one family domination of political parties to stop. And it's time for us to consider that a historic moment is here and that the Kurds could be the next new nation in the world. But interparty fighting, feuding, civil wars, bickering, uh, delaying of free elections, uh, things of that nature will keep the, uh, the nations of the world from supporting this effort. Now is the time. This is a grand opportunity. We are less than half a year from ISIS being defeated. We will need the Kurds. They deserve this time. Uh, they deserve this honor. They deserve this freedom. And yet I say to my Kurdish friends, you could betray yourselves in this moment if a unity movement is not launched. And second of all, I'll say to the United States, we could sleep through yet another historic opportunity to help restructure the Middle East and to help uh, a new American alliance in the Middle East uh, do good, challenge extremism, 
and open up the Middle East in a way that it's not been opened up in generations. So there's a real historic moment here. Let's not sleep through it. Let's not be distracted through it. And my Kurdish friends, let's not be small and divided through it. It is time for an independent nation of Kurdistan. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.